In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm director of ministry for WAVA Radio, and I welcome. I want to welcome you. I got a little fast there, didn't I? I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Well, folks, listen to this one. Love your neighbor as yourself. Really? Really, these days, love your neighbor as yourself. Five words that ask for our time, our money, even our pride. But what if your neighbor wrongs you, even steals from you? Well, that's exactly the situation today's guest found himself in. But instead of letting anger win the day, he responded with Christ-like compassion. Now... Many have been blessed by his ministry of repairing and providing bicycles. I think that's so cool, man. It's a passion of his, and it's a passion that the Lord gave him when he received his first bike as a boy, boy, and he's here to tell us about it. And of course, to get us going, to get us started, to introduce our guest for the day is my good friend, my co-host of Good News for the City, um, my buddy, my fellow Buckeye, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Here we are, brother. Good to see you, man. We find ourselves again having the opportunity to talk about the gospel and the good news. Amen. And that's what we love to do, right, Dennis? We love, love to talk love about it. it. But you know what? One of the interesting tensions is this, is that too often in life, it can be something that we talk about, but when we have the opportunity to live it out, well, yes. there's a little tension or rub, right? Yes. I, yes. I know this idea of talking about the loving your neighbor, talking about the fact that Jesus is a forgiving savior is a wonderful thing to talk about. But, and here's the rub, right? When Jesus asked me to live that way, to not just like him, but to be like him in what I do in living, then sometimes it can get a a, a little tense in my life. And and I think most of our listeners who are listening either right here on the radio or later on podcast, they know those moments in their life where this sort of tension, where something difficult or challenging happens and they have an opportunity to live out the good news but not just talk about the good news. They know those moments and there's a decision to be made. And that's why I love the conversation we're going to have today because it's talking about a moment that went from just talking to living out the good news. And that happens often in our show, but specifically today, we're talking to uh, the Reverend Robbie Pruitt. He is assistant rector at the Church of the Holy Spirit in Leesburg, Virginia. And uh, we don't live too far from each other. We just found that out. So we need to grab coffee someday, Pastor Robbie, I think. Uh, he's from Indeed. Columbia, South Carolina. Absolutely. Um, I love coffee. He moved to the Northern Virginia with his wife, Irene, in 2004, where he continued his college youth ministry. He and his family most recently uh, had lived in Alexandria, Virginia, where he was director of youth ministry and a pastoral associate for four years. Uh, he also lived in Port-au-Prince with his family for five years, where he was the high school Bible teacher at a Christian school. He has a Master's of Arts in Theology for Columbia International University, Diploma in Christian Ministry from Trinity School for Ministry, and he also has a Bachelor of Science in Bible with an emphasis in youth ministry 
from Columbia International as well. They have three children, uh, Grace, Hannah, and, si- and Simeon, him and his wife Irene do. He enjoys spending time with his family, mountain biking, hiking, concert going, studying the Bible, biblical context, writing poetry, writing about theology, leadership, and discipleship, and what we're going to talk about today, apparently enjoy sometimes fixing up bicycles. So um, thanks for being here, Pastor Rob. Glad to have you. It's a joy. Thanks so much for having me on Good News for the City, and it's wonderful to meet you all this morning. Thanks, Dennis and, and Brian. It's good to be with you. God bless yeah, you, man. It's great, it's to, great have to have you. you. Now, when we listen to your bio, you've sort of had this sort of interest in, in bicycles for a good long time, but what we're going to talk about today is actually not just riding bicycles, but repairing bicycles. Um, when did you first take an interest in going beyond just getting on and moving, but actually tinkering and making something you move on work better? Well, uh, my family used to joke with me that I used to carry a, a hammer and a screwdriver in my diaper. That was my my ooh-iver and my broke fix it. I've always loved to work on things. I'm a carpenter by trade. Um, I've always been handy, loved taking things apart, putting things back together. And seeing how things work, you know, and mm-hmm. so sometimes you can take apart something that is working and never get it back together to work. Other times you can take something broken and take it apart. And I've always been of the school that if it's broke, you can't do anything worse to it. Let's tr- just give it a shot. See if there you, you can go. fix it, figure it out. So but that's Dennis, always the record, been the case. Robbie and I did not go to the same school. If it's broke, I have the ability to do something worse <laughs> to it. Just, so he's a bit more handy. Hey, Robbie, they, they say of Brian, if it's broke, don't let him try to fix it. That don't, is correct. Don't let Brian amen touch amen. it. I got Truthfully, you. <laughs> you know, quick story. When my wife and I got married over 20 years ago and the first thing broke in the house, she looked at me like I was going to fix it like her father-in-law. And and I told her, honey, I do fix things. It's with one finger and a telephone. I punch a number and call <laughs> someone. I, I'm not as good at it. Uh... But what we're going to talk about is you had a ministry, uh, Robbie, come out of a very challenging scenario. It's actually one that happened to me as well. Uh, but I didn't decide to go fix other bikes when my bicycle got stolen several years back. Mm. Your bicycle got stolen. Um, what happened? And then what was your response to that? Well, again, I, I've been riding bikes since I was a kid. I mean, I remember having my big wheel stolen when I was like five or six. Mm. And so it, it my bike just got stolen again. Two years ago, I had a bike stolen from Roosevelt Island in broad daylight. Someone took the uh, lock off of it and took a thousand dollar road bike that I had found in the trash and rebuilt. And luckily I was out $30 in parts, not the thousand dollars for the road bike. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, if you ride a bike and and have it out in public, I mean, you've probably had one stolen off your porch or off of a bike rack in the city. It was just the case for me that my bike, my most recent bike, a Diamondback 29er uh, with disc brakes, I had just replaced all the cables outside uh, with the neighbors, uh, neighborhood kids, and we had fixed the bike, and and uh, I was putting new tires on it and was riding it with the pandemic. And in September, I had it on the back of my Nissan, you know, excuse me, my Honda Odyssey van out in my front yard, and somebody took it, and and it was right off the rack. I mean, they they undid the lock and straps, took it took it away, and. And that was that. Yeah. Now I had a seven hundred. I had a seven hundred dollar Trek stolen once, and yeah. I was like, "I ain't replacing that thing, man. I'll buy me a little cheaper." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting, Dennis. You and I had the same response when I had a bicycle stolen. I just went out and bought a cheaper one. Yes. Uh, when yeah. I could, mm-hmm. and I thought, you know what, you know, I don't have the ability to do something. What I find interesting is that wasn't your response. 
not to actually right. go out and buy one, but the idea of what you decided to do in this moment was more than just replace a bicycle, but to actually make a ministry out of it, whether that was the plan or not. Right. Yeah, sure. And, and, and it fell onto it by accident. It first started with repairing my bike and the neighborhood kids. I mean, we're in a pandemic. My wife and I just moved to Ashburn, Virginia in April the 1st to take the position as assistant rector at Church of the Holy Spirit, Leesburg, Virginia. So when I uh, was in the negotiation phase and, and, and receiving that call, we were not in lockdown. By the time it came to fruition, it was the first day of everything just being shut down about mid-March, and we moved in the middle of a pandemic, and I found myself not being able to do my ministry work of contact work, getting to know the community, and so I was delighted to find that there's, you know, eight, excuse me, eight to 15 kids in the neighborhood riding bikes and uh, was teaching them how to fix brakes. They looked at me inquisitively, like, what are you doing over here with your bike? And I motioned for them to come over, you know, socially mm -hmm. distant, of course, and asked them if they wanted to learn how to fix the brakes on a bike. So we began to work on bikes out in my front yard before my bike was stolen. And that was kind of the thing. When I went to replace the bike, how blessed am I that I get a bike stolen, I can go to the bike store and pick one up. But what I found was there were no bikes in my price point. So I went back home and ordered one off of Amazon and it had like a three week ship because everybody, what I found out was everybody was getting a pandemic pandemic puppy and a bike. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> everybody yeah. was taking up having a new pet and getting out on the trail. So there were no pets to be had apparently and no dogs to be had, no cats and no bikes. <laughs> so it dawned on me that, you know, probably someone from a different neighborhood snuck out of their house, saw my bike, didn't want to walk all the way home, or they couldn't afford a bike or their bike was broken. They didn't know how to fix it or they needed a bike and couldn't find one. I didn't, I don't know what the reason is why the person stole my bike. It didn't even matter, but I realized that there was a supply and demand and the demand was way high. The supply was way low. And I thought to myself, I can fix this. Um, I had found a bike in the trash can in the apartment complex by my house and had dug it out and fixed it. And I posted on Facebook, hey, my bike got stolen. Just wanted to let you guys know. And um, if you would, if you have a bike and need it fixed, I know how to fix bikes. I can fix your bike for you. And if you need one, I have an extra one that I just fixed and found and fixed. And that Facebook post blew up even before my new bike came in the mail. So oh, I wow. had people bringing me their bikes to fix. So they would pull up to my house, pull their bike out of the car. I would fix a flat adjust some things, get to know the community one person at a time. So when you can't go to the community, you can have the community come to you one person at a time. And, and the interesting thing about that is you, you started the show talking about love your neighbor. Well, how do you love your neighbor if you've never met them? Yeah. <laughs> so you got to know your neighbor to love your neighbor. And it's hard, so, it's hard to find a way to meet them when you're moving into a new neighborhood in a pandemic. Yeah. Right. So this became a catalyst, um, not only for me to get to know all the neighborhood kids. And again, they come when it's not sleeting outside like today, but they will come by, um, you know, eight to 10 of them. We ride together. 
We fixed bike. I've replaced every neighborhood kid's bike in the neighborhood with an upgrade and have taught them how to fix their old bike and give it away. So they've done that. Cool. That's cool. Now, what are some of the memories? I mean, you start posting, uh, you know, what you're doing, asking for bicycles and people. What are some of the memorable responses that people have? Because, you know, we live in a world that we have the statement, if it's too good to be true, most likely it's not true. Right. However, the gospel <laughs> and living out the gospel seems too good to be true, but it is. Yeah. And, you know, and what you're doing in many ways is living out the call of the gospel by serving in that way. Did you have people go like, eh, I don't know, this guy's, how do they respond? Yeah. Yeah. One, one lady in particular, right out the gate, the very first post, and I probably did 30 to 45 bikes in that. I wasn't counting then. I just wasn't keeping track. And then when it took on another life, I started counting and we're well over 200 bikes now. But in the first post since September, by the way, it's February. <laughs> so, and, and this is just the side hustle, you know, I've, I've got a day job, but we, uh, One lady right out the gate says, well, I need a bike to work. And I said, well, come get this one. And I sent her a picture of the bike that I had dug out of the trash can. And I was trying to text her to, uh, you know, drop it off to meet her halfway in Leesburg. She was in Maryland somewhere and she got freaked out. She's like, "Never mind, don't worry about it. And I was like, I'm just trying to get the details to meet you in the parking lot and give you the bike, or you can come by here, you know? And so she just, again, thought this is crazy. And, and so when it blew up again with the second post, I had an excess of bikes and I knew that this one bike that I had brought in, not the same bike initially would fit this woman perfectly. So I just sent her a picture. I said, look, if you're still needing a bike to get to work, this one's sweet. You can come get it. And she goes, well, I can't believe you would message me back a month or two later. I'm going to bring my brother and we'll come to your house and get it. And she was ecstatic. She came from Frederick, Maryland to get a bike oh so that she could have transportation to work. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I got to meet her brother. I got to meet her and uh, just got to bless them. And it was, it was amazing. And just yesterday, yesterday was a nine bike day. That's a pretty big day. Usually it's a two bike day or one bike day. But some days, you know, it's a nine. Yesterday was a nine bike day because I was trying to get the bikes out of my backyard because of the sleet that was coming. So a lady from Cameroon dropped off two bikes to be fixed on Thursday. Mm-hmm. I fixed them Thursday night. She came to get them, excuse me, Monday. And I fixed them on Tuesday. And she came to get them. Uh, I think Wednesday, yesterday it was Wednesday. Sorry, I'm getting my days confused. I got pandemic brain. Tuesday, she brought them by. Wednesday, she picked them up. And she said, I, you know, I want to ride with my kids. These are for my kids. And I said, do you ride with a helmet? She said, no. I said, you need to ride with a helmet. I got an extra helmet. I gave her a helmet that somebody had gave me with a bike. And she said, well, I hope to ride with them one day. I want to learn how to ride a bike. I was like, so do you have a bike that you can learn to ride on? And she said, no. I said, well, why don't you take another bike with you? And that way, everybody in the family has a bike. She looked at me like I had lost my mind. She said, are you serious? Mm -hmm. I said, absolutely. I have one. The same lady that gave me this helmet gave me this bike and I fixed it up and it's ready to go. We loaded a third bike into her car and she says, what, 
what do you, where is your church? I'm coming to your church. Yeah. <laughs> As cool. she's saying this, a lady pulls up who I had fixed three bikes from, for her. And that lady had showed up to church and I introduced the two of them and they got a chance to get to know each other talk about her experience with our church. And that was never the goal. I was trying sure. to fix and give them bikes. But the other lady who showed up gave me a selfie on a Sunday morning of her riding her bike with her friend on a Saturday. And I turned around to get ready for the service. And she was sitting in the back of our congregation. Mm, yeah. And, really- and she had no idea that was my ch- the church that I had went to. And we had this serendipitous moment. Yeah. So like I'm getting to know the community one person at a time. It's glorious. And it's amazing how God, you know, uses things that you're doing for him without an agenda right? To bring and draw people closer because you're living out the good news. Their ability to hear the good news grows mm. exponentially. Now you mentioned you've done a couple hundred bikes. Did you have a 2020 goal at any point? Say, Hey, I would love to do this many bikes <laughs> or did this just sort of happen? Well, I didn't have a goal initially. And, you know, when I had done 20 bikes and it went radio silent, I decided to post a second post. I said, I, I'm kind of miss fixing bikes, you know, 20 or 30 bikes. And so I posted again and the post blew up. I mean, we have that post is still on the Loudoun County Facebook page. It had over five. I think it's up to five or six hundred comments now. That's the post where I started numbering the bikes. The numbered bikes on that post exceed 176. Wow. And the, and so in that first, that, that second post, I said to myself, and I think it was in October, I would love to see a hundred bikes done by the end of the year. And it, and, and I was like, that's, that's probably a lot. Maybe there was 40 bikes on the post at that point when I thought that thought. And by the end of the year, the count was upwards of 150. I gave away a bike on Christmas Eve wow, for a Christmas <laughs> present. That is phenomenal. And another couple of bikes on Christmas day. And it was just amazing. I mean, I've given away bikes to single mothers for birthday presents for their teenage sons. I gave a bike to a lady who drove here from Washington state during the pandemic to move to Ashburn and wanted to take up bike riding, but she moved in her car, everything she owned in her car got to know her and she brought me um, cheese from Washington state, shark cheddar cheese. I got to know this lady and welcome her to the neighborhood. Yeah. And, you know, we're meeting people all the time. I've got so many different stories and one I'll tell you a little bit later, if you want, want to hear it is about ambushing a bike in the apartment complexes. Yeah. Well, I I do want to say this. I mean, certainly this is an example of how just being faithful in the small things, many times God grows them in an opportunity to do something larger. I think there's probably people out there going, wow, this is amazing. But they're asking this question. All right. I, I understand how you get all the bikes. How do you fix all the bikes? Not like with your hands, but I mean, eventually every bike has to be, have some sort of cost to fixing it because right. usually you get the donation and maybe it needs a new tire or needs whatever it might be. How does that work for you? Well, initially it was, you know, stripping parts off of bikes that were found and using Mm -hmm. what I could. Mostly when bikes are broken, it's just the knowledge to fix them. And you can, you can do that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in, I'm, I'm in the business when Jesus says in Revelation 21, five, he says, behold, I make all things new. Mm 
And that's good news for us because he does, he doesn't say I make all new things. So we're in the, it's the restoration business. And so people are literally throwing bikes in the trash can because they think that they're unusable when in fact they're very usable. The part, if nothing else, the the parts are usable. Think what Mm. Paul says about the church. We're one body, many members, and we can make something new from something old. And that's what Jesus does to our lives. He doesn't throw us away. He he doesn't discard us. He restores us. So yes, the parts can come. You can order them off Amazon. There was a time where, you know, I was ordering parts. I, I think I spent and, and my wife is nervous that I don't know this number, but it was somewhere between fifteen and twenty five hundred dollars. I think it was about fifteen hundred dollars, and I, and I made that quote to someone. Well, when this story first hit the news, I had someone come to my house, put I never met this person, put the, an envelope in my hand from after that first news report, and it was fifteen hundred dollars cash. Mm-hmm. It was every dollar I ever spent in my mind on fixing the bikes, put it right back into parts. And now we've, we've fixed twice the amount of bikes that we had fixed with the first $1,500. Yeah. So that's, that's how it happens. People yeah. are starting to, to, to see it. The neighborhood kids are getting involved. They're bringing me bikes. I have people in the neighborhood who are dropping bikes off in, in my house, neighbors who are catching the vision. Yeah. They see them on the side of the road. They put them in their car. They drop them in front of my house. Yeah. Well, in the last few minutes or so, I, I do want to focus in on something that you said, because you know whether or not people have the capacity to fix a bike is really not about this conversation. Mm. It's really about right. what you're talking about. It's not about the bikes. That's it's right. about the connection and relationship to the community. Drive that home That's for them. Right. What do you mean by that? Yeah, all of us have something to offer. Um, All of us have a gift. All of us have a skill. All of us have a knowledge set. God has given us some way we can impact the world and be Mm -hmm. participators in the restoration of all things. The Bible is simply about creation, fall, rescue, and restoration. And we are now living in this age where God has created us. The world has fallen. It's broken. God has saved us. And now we're living in this time where God is inviting us to be participators in the restoration of all things. So whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. There's something you can do for someone. I I love what Andy Stanley said, do for one, which you wish you could do for everyone. Yeah. And and for those of you out there who may want to get in contact with you, uh, I know right now I have two bikes that my kids are about to grow out of, and I know exactly what I'm going to do with them now when when they're when they're done, uh, but maybe want to find out more about uh, certainly how you serve uh, the kingdom, both with your giftings, you serve it at there at um, uh, Holy Spirit Church in Leesburg, and in many other things you have. Uh, could they find out more by going to RobbiePruitt.com? Would that work? Sure. Um, or they could just email me at Robbie at HolySpiritLeesburg.org, which is also our website under mm-hmm. our giving tab. The church is starting to field the donations for people oh, if they want to get a tax deduction yeah. and help with parts. In the spring, we're going to do bike clinics where we pop up in low-income neighborhoods and even upper-income neighborhoods, and we're going to fix people's bikes and get them back on the trail for the good weather. That, so that's, that's the vision. We're going to blow this thing up in the spring and, and, and teach more people. You can bring your teenager to my house and I'll, I'll teach them with you how to work on bikes. Yep. So bring your bike, 
and let's work on it together when it's not sleeting outside. And if you have a broke bike you want to donate, certainly reach out to me. If you're local, if you're far away, find someone local doing what you're doing. That's the other thing. I've discovered there's people in every county doing this. Yeah. So, well, Robbie, thanks for your heart. Thanks for what you're doing. Dennis, another encouraging moment about the good news being lived out. Hey, man, this is cool stuff. I am really grateful. Thank you, uh, Pastor Robbie. I appreciate you, man, and for all that you do, because uh, you're doing stuff that I can't do. So I'm very grateful. Folks, you heard it. If you want to get a hold of Pastor Robbie, go to Robbie at HolySpiritLeesburg.org. That's Robbie at HolySpiritLeesburg.org. Or you can go to OneHeartDC.org, and you can listen to this program again and get some ideas from that. Or if you really want to, if those don't work for you, although I'm sure that they will, you can give me a call at the station at 703-807-2211. That's 703-807-2211. And remember, folks, we'll see you again next week. But in that time, remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.